Hello, welcome, welcome back to the Tony Harris Show. Welcome back. So glad to be here. It's always an honor. It's always a privilege every week to come live and direct and give you my views of my life and my experience from the Tony Harris Show, as well as my wife. As she chimes in, I would like to thank her so much for coming on as my co-host of the Tony Harris Show, ahead of the game segment all year long. I thank God that we're going strong. We've been getting so many good feedback, you know, from the show. So many people have been texting me, emailing me, inboxing me on Facebook on how the show has really, really enlightened them. And the information that they're getting from me, they're relaying it to their students and their players, which is always a a great thing. I'm just so honored that God is using me in this capacity to pass on this knowledge and to help people, you know, in the same arena that I once was in. And, and now I, I'm still in it, but I'm taking a different position. So more of a coach, mentor, uh, activist, so to speak, you know, for the sport of basketball. And the game has really been good to me. So when the game is good to you, you always want to give back. Oh, yeah. And I think my co-host will would agree with that. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Last week's show was phenomenal. If you haven't, you can catch each and every show on my podcast, which will be on SoundCloud. Every episode is posted on SoundCloud as well as iTunes. So feel free to catch the entire episodes on either one of those two platforms, either SoundCloud or iTunes. Yep. And all they have to do is just put in the Tony Harris show. Yeah, and all you have to do is put in the Tony Harris show and it'll pop right up. All of my episodes are there categorized. So I thank you guys for, for tuning in. But first and foremost, before we start the show, I would like to make an announcement. And that announcement is my wife and I. Oh, drum roll. Drum roll. Okay, give me the drum roll. The drum roll is my wife and I are leaving Los Angeles and coming back home to Memphis, Tennessee. yeah so we got a word from god and god is leading me back to my hometown the city where i was birthed in the city that made me to some extent to who i am as a basketball player as a human being as a man as a father i learned so many things in the city of memphis and god is calling me to come back i got a word from god through my spiritual father prophet zebulon russian and he is so very very good to my wife and I, and also my spiritual mother. Yes. And that's uh, First Lady Delicia Russian. And if you you don't have a church home, let me say this, feel free to go to, to visit Oasis Church of Memphis, which is located on 1533 Carpenter Street. And I guarantee you, if you go and visit, you will, you will definitely be blessed. But God has led my wife and I to come back to, to Memphis God is calling for us to come back because there's some big things that he has planned for us there. And we're not going to spill the beans on on all of that, but I'm excited about coming back to Memphis. You know, we get a chance to reconnect with our family. We get a chance to see our friends, our loved ones. Yeah. And and, and it's been four years since we've been away. Four long years. Yeah, it's been, it's been, it's been four long years. So (laughs) (laughs) do you want to tell, uh, the people how we were uh, taken aback when we got the news and how God gave us their word and how he so quickly um, 
you know, just confirmed it and just, and we are so receptive and it, I believe it shows great respect on, you know, how we, number one, obey God because obedience is not always an easy step. Um, Sometimes obedience can be hard when God is calling you to a place or when he's calling you to do something. And I think this story is, man, it's, it's, it's pretty amazing to me because Number one, we're living it together, but just to be called out here. But now God is calling us back for something even greater. Now that we right. passed our test and did what we had to do in L.A., man, it was just incredible story. Yeah. Shout out to Prophet Russian. We love you, Prophet. And Absolutely. we thank God that we do have a true man of God uh, who is not only our spiritual father, right. but he's just our father. You right. know, right. we look at him. With great respect and nothing he said has ever failed to the ground. That's true. And we trust the word of God that speaks through him. We trust the God in him. And, you know, we're following the instructions and being obedient. Right. That's that's correct. And we got the word during church. It was a church service because mm-hmm. they have church and they always have us on. What do they have us on? Uh, they FaceTime us in. Yeah, they FaceTime us in on church and and. Our pastor, which is our spiritual father, he prophesied to us through the FaceTime. And he told us, he said, I know you guys may not want to hear this, but God is calling you guys back to Memphis. And so we definitely, when we got the news, we were just looking. Everybody else was cheering and you know, all of our, all of our <laughs> church family, they were so happy. Yeah, they're coming back home. They're coming back home. And we was just, my wife and I was just looking at the screen like, we ain't ready to leave. Like, you know, sunshine, <laughs> surfboards, beach, <laughs> palm trees, <laughs> palm trees, mountains. You know, so. Um, but the but the most important thing was, you know, when God calls you to do something, when it's it's not always easy. But the Bible says obedience is better than a sacrifice. That's so right. We always want to be obedient to what God is telling us to do or what He's instructing us to do. Yeah. Because we're. If not, you know, I'm scared of what the consequences, you know, may be. Yeah. And sometimes God calls us to do some things that we don't want to do or some uncomfortable things. Yeah. But we still have to be obedient and know that God has our best interest, even if there's something that we want to hold on to. And God is saying, let let it go. Right. Right. And it, it reminds me so much of of Jesus ministry, how Jesus was obedient, how he started out in his hometown of, of, of Galilee and he went to Samaria and then other parts, you know, of the earth. And then he came back to Galilee, you know, because he was on a mission to spread God's gospel. Mm -hmm. And that's the same thing that we have been called to do. Right. You know, in different arenas and hers in the fashion and entertainment world and mine in the sports world. And God is just allowing us to bring those things together. And he's taken us abroad, not just in Memphis, but in L.A., in New York, we've been to New York, we've been to Atlanta, you know, there's so many places that God has taken us. And now he's saying, go back home to Memphis, just like he told Jesus right, to right. go back home. And so it's so similar to that. You know, God, you know, one minute you you just can't box God in one minute. You, sure you think you're having fun and you thinking, hey, this is it. Man, you know, <laughs> God got my feet planted here. And then all of a sudden God said, OK, it's time to move. <laughs> and so, you know, regardless of what you feel, you got to get up and move. Amen. Amen. That's it. That's it. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I just want to share that that information with you guys, that news with you guys. We will be coming home. We in the 
process of getting some things together and sorted out. Uh, we don't have a specific date, a specific month, but it's going to be here pretty soon, maybe in the summer or right before the summer hits. But I know it's going to be pretty soon now. So we just want to be obedient and follow through as God would want us to do. That's right. So, hey, mm -hmm. we're coming home. We're coming home. <laughs> last week's show, talk about last week's show, we talked about how to build your brand. I was on here and I was my wife and I was talking about how to build your brand. And as parents, we're looking through the lens of, of parents, you know, how to show our children or, you know, how to show other athletes examples of uh, successful people who have cultivated their brand into a global powerhouse. And, uh, you know, basically what a brand is, I don't know if I explained to you what the definition of a brand is. For those who don't know, a brand is simply creating an image that identifies a product and differentiates it from its competitors. So it's building something, it's creating something, it's cultivating, it's molding something to identify a product and separating at the same time separating itself and differentiating showing that it's different and unique from its competitors and i'm gonna say a consumer a consumer and i'm gonna tell you why i'm i'm telling you what a brand and consumer is i'm telling you, consumer is a person who purchases goods and services for personal use now these things go hand in hand because you have a brand and you have consumers OK, consumers are, are mainly just buyers. Right. People who purchase things, people who goes to a brand and, and look at a brand and say, hey, I, I want that, you know, because that brand suits me or that brand is appealing to the eye or that I want that brand. Because if I add that brand to myself, you know, it'll add something to me. It'll add it'll add some value to my life, whatever right. that may be. Right. Or give me satisfaction. You can think about so many brands. You got McDonald's you, and you got Burger King. And you think about McDonald's as a brand, a brand, a very successful brand that's been around for a long time. Also, Burger King. And, you know, as they build their brand, they come up every season. Maybe it's, it's spring, summer, yeah. winter, fall. Every season, they're thinking of something different. Mm -hmm. that they can advertise to catch the eye of the consumer, which is us. Right. McDonald's right now got a, I don't know if they have this in Memphis, but in LA, they got to come get your two for five mix and match. So they got different categories of what you can choose from to get two for two for $5. They may have a cheeseburger. They may have what a, a McCafe or something or, right. or some nuggets or whatever, but uh -huh. they're having this, advertisement to lure you in to say, oh man, that's a deal. I can't turn that down. Then on the other hand, you got their competitors. You got Burger King across the street with the $6 King box. And in the King <laughs> box, you might, you might get a Whopper. <laughs> a spicy chicken sandwich. A spicy chicken sandwich. If you don't want the spicy chicken, they might give you the crispy chicken sandwich. Yeah. So you have a variety. Okay. Then plus that, not only that, the king said, no, we ain't through with you. We're going to throw some fries in there, uh, which, and then after you eat that, if you want to satisfy that sweet tooth, here, we're going we're gonna to give you two cookies, <laughs> two chocolate chip cookies, that is. So with Burger King, then with a drink to add on that, 
they are advertising themselves. They are a brand that's marketing themselves to differentiate themselves from McDonald's. Burger King is trying to be different from McDonald's. Burger King is trying to be different from Jack in the Box. Burger King is trying to be different from Crystal's. So you get the idea and the point where I'm coming from. Right. Their brand, they're cultivating it and molding it so it would be the most attractive. And mm-hmm. they also want to differentiate themselves in between others. And they want people, consumers, which are us, when we get hungry and we're ready to eat, we want to go and get that $6 King box or that two for five mix and match, which one, whichever one that you think is oh, the yeah. best. I'm going for the King box. I'm going for the King box because the King box got two <laughs> cookies. They got a drink. They got fries and a waffle. I got to get that King box, y'all. I'm sorry. Matter of fact, I got one last night. King box. <laughs> So that's the difference. Okay. That's the difference. I was in a, I was in a dilemma. I had to choose between the McDonald's and the Burger King. So I chose the King box. Okay. Now gearing it back all seriousness. Okay. Up front now (laughs) gearing it back as a parent, you know, we talked about uh, on the last show, how would we identify your child's gift or gifts? You know, as for me, I can remember, I can reflect when I was when I was younger, what stood out to me was my leadership qualities and my public speaking abilities. I remember when I was young, maybe around elementary school, I used to watch all these NBA players on TV. I used to watch the post game interviews when they got interviewed at halftime. And I always pictured myself being, you know, in that in that limelight like that. So. It started as a vision, but I knew that that was a gift. Nobody saw me do that. I was in the privacy of my bedroom. Right. And so really, I was I was really honing my gift and I didn't even realize it. So I could be outside and I could be playing basketball in the backyard. And after I get tired, I'll go to the side and just role play with myself okay. and act like I was a reporter and the player. And I used to ask myself questions. And I used to answer the questions you know, the best way that I could. But what I was doing, I was sharpening up my brand, but I really didn't realize it. Wow. And so, you know, that's why you got to pay attention so much to your kids and their brand and help them cultivate and mold, you know, that brand. Nobody really paid me attention because, you know, I was sort of a different kid. I was a loner. I did a lot of stuff on my own. I had a, you know, a broad imagination. So, you know, I used to, you know, a lot of things, that people would look at, they probably would thought was silly, but you know, it was just my imagination. Right. You know, I was, I had a vision and you know, that's how we got to look at our kids, the things that they're doing. If they're in their bedroom acting like they're doing interviews or acting like they're on the main stage, if they're an aspiring singer, act like they're on America's got talent and somebody's is, is uh, interviewing them and they're answering questions. You can't take that thing serious. You got to really watch and pay attention to what they do because you might have you something here. You might have yourself a young child that has a promising brand that's in training. So you really have to pay attention to that. Whatever their gifts, you know, may be, you know, that was mine. I'm just sharing with you, you know, uh, from my personal aspect, it was my leadership qualities. You know, um, it stemmed from AAU, from the classroom. You know, I was just a leader everywhere I went and I didn't have a problem with speaking up you know, about whatever situation that I mean, I didn't have a problem with speaking in front of people, being around my peers. That's why it comes as no surprise, you know, that I do public speaking today. 
Right. You know, that I preach, that I evangelize. My wife and I evangelize and she evangelizes, and she she talks about a date with God and she goes on book tours and she's not afraid to talk in front of people because that was an attribute that God had blessed her with. That was a right. gift that God had blessed her with from a young age. And she has carried it on with her and she has cultivated it, you know, right. over the years. And so that's one thing that we really need to 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 point out and look at, you know, as far as when we're watching our children. Yeah. And I and I really agree with that, because as a young child, I love to talk mm-hmm. and I love being the center of attention. Right. I love to have my input and my say so, and and my mom can attest. I, I just, you know, I always had something to say. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, like you said, as a parent, when you hone in on that and you say, "Wow, you know," instead of it being a negative thing, like you talk too much. Right. Be mm-hmm. quiet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Right. Take that same energy that you would put into, you know, telling them, "Hey, that they talk too much, or be quiet, or sit down." Take that same energy and let them, you know read a book or play pretend with them, you know, and Mm -hmm. do different things to really cultivate and to inspire them that, okay, you love to do this, but how about we try using, you know, all that talking by, you know, let's put you in a play. Right. right. Let's give you Mm -hmm. something extracurricular to do. Exactly. So, I mean, I feel like as parents, those are things that you can take that probably appear as a negative, a talking child or whatever the case is, and, and find out how you can use that same attribute and turn it into a gift. Right, right. Being very loquacious. Mm-hmm. You know, don't let it be don't let it be something that you feel like is is nagging or annoying to you. Right. Use that area where you feel like that is being nagging or annoying. That's probably their gift. Mm-hmm. That's probably their gift. Okay, especially if it's something that, you know, you find them doing a lot. Yeah. If they like to talk. (laughs) Right. We'll find different different uh, things for them to do, different activities. Like you said, put them put them in in situations, you know, where they can where they can talk and where they can, you know, do interviews or or whatever. Act like they're on talk shows or where they're hosting something. Okay, so you just never know. And so we we definitely want to be conscious about that. And um, also we talked about having them watch somebody watch somebody who's in the who's in the limelight you know who whatever dream they have whether it's a basketball player whether it's a singer I don't care what what it is have somebody that's already in the position where they're trying to get to try to help and mold and cultivate them and watch the blueprint of how they work their craft and their gift at a level of of success you know at a pinnacle at, at a top you know at a top position of where they're at. So we definitely have to give them somebody to look at as well. Give them an example. And we talked about LeBron James on last week's show as someone for the youth, as far as basketball is concerned, for the youth to learn on how to expand their brand, because that's definitely what he's doing right now as a current player. He's expanding his brand. Just today, my wife and I, we was on ESPN News and I saw an article where LeBron said eventually he even wants to own an NBA team. And I'm talking about this man is third championship in in the NBA, I think 16th season, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, in the NBA. And he's already thinking brand wise. He's thinking expansion when he's playing. Most of this stuff doesn't happen until after the player is finished. 
then, you know, they're at a point where, okay, well, what am I going to do with my life? Mm -hmm. I don't have basketball anymore. But that just shows you the mind of a LeBron James. LeBron James is more than an athlete. And he had a documentary segment that was called I Am More Than an Athlete, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know if that's right, but yeah, something close to that. So he's always thinking of himself as a brand. LeBron is not thinking about himself just as just a basketball player. That's why he is so business savvy. That's why he is so successful financially. And, you know, that's how we got to raise our kids. We got to raise our kids to be the same way. Okay, have different avenues of income and whatever they do. And don't just put all of their chips, you know, in one bucket and settle for that. So LeBron, for some of you that don't know, is is actually already a sports team owner and and this is something that I didn't that I didn't know in 2011 as part of a deal with the uh, Fenway Sports Group. LeBron received a small percentage of the English soccer team. Some of you may have heard of them called Liverpool, Liverpool FC. They're a powerhouse soccer team and they have really you know, been making a lot of noise this past five to 10 years. And LeBron is already, you know, has gotten a small percentage you know, of that organization, which I think is great. And I'm going to read you a quote from the Fenway Sports Group president, which is named Sam Kennedy, what he said about LeBron. He said, I see LeBron owning multiple teams someday and not just NBA. He also said, he said one thing they've learned working with LeBron is that he sees the big picture. So LeBron sees the big picture. When we're molding our child, when we're cultivating their gift, we got to see the big picture. And I've talked about on my podcast for the first three weeks on how my uncle didn't see the big picture. So anybody who is uh, in in charge of your recruiting or anybody who, you know, is over over you or over your child's future, as far as sports are concerned or whatever their talent and gift, they got to see you got to go in seeing the big picture. You always get cut short. If you go in not seeing the big picture, if you're thinking right now instead of on down the line, because when you think on down the line, you're setting them up to be successful and to have longevity success in whatever they're doing and to branch out and do other things. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So so that's very, very important. Did you have some? Yeah. Yeah. I want to chime in and say, you know, all of that is very, very important in building your child's brand and and making sure not only uh, does the person who's over the recruiting see the big picture, but letting your child and making them see the big picture, you know, as well Mm -hmm. and motivating them that, Hey, look, you're more than just a basketball player. Right. We play basketball, but after that, you know, you do have life after basketball and you start getting their minds ready for that next level, you know, to be a business owner or whatever it is that they desire to do during or after basketball. But I kind of wanted to talk about, I don't want to jump off subject, but I kind of want to talk about uh, how do we as parents, and me and you talked about this earlier today, Mm -hmm. how basketball or sports, soccer, football, whatever sport your child is playing, how that's a very important part of their life. But making sure that they have that balance, making sure that they know how to respect adults, making sure that they, you know, are good in the classroom, Mm -hmm. making those things a priority Mm -hmm. over the sport. Because Mm -hmm. one thing about it, for you to be successful 
on the court, you have to be successful off the court because the two work together. So just making sure your child is a well-rounded in all areas. You know, first of all, respecting authority, respecting God, you know, respecting uh, their teachers, respecting their parents. How do we keep our children level-headed when they're on the way to being that next LeBron or next Tony Harris or next superstar? How do we keep them level-headed and at the same time produce a winning you know, a champion, you know, within your child. Champion. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I think you said it. You said it. As a matter of fact, you said having a, a great balance. Mm-hmm. You have Your child has to have a balance. Your spiritual life, you know, has to be the at the forefront of your child's life. That has to be the most important thing, you know, in your child's life. Having a balance, you know, as far as that that is concerned, you know, and with no character, you know, none of this can really happen. Right. And so having a good spiritual walk, having a relationship, you know, with God, it's going to carry over. It's going to pour into other areas of your life, because once you're doing that, you'll be obedient to your parents. You'll be obedient to your teachers. You know, you'll be a people's person to your peers, you know, or whoever that you come into contact with. So that balance, you know, is very, very important, because like I said on last week's show, I talked about how your character, your talent can get you to some places. It can get you to high places, but it won't keep you there. Your character and your spiritual, I like to say character, but also your spiritual life is what's going to keep you there. And that's the most important thing, you know, your spiritual life, your spiritual walk. And you see so many guys, you know, a good friend of mine, Lamar Odom, whom, whom I love dearly, who I was close with on the AAU circuit. You know, when we were 12, 13 years old, all the way up until we were 17, 18 years old. And everybody knows the story of what happened with Lamar Odom. Right. God gave him a taste of that lifestyle. He got to the top, but he didn't stay there. Right. And because of some a lack of spiritual awakening in his life, you know, it caused him to get his career cut short. And it caused him to go through some some very, very... I mean, challenging situations, you know, of course, you know, he was, he was once, was he married to Khloe Kardashian at one point and it destroyed his marriage and everything, you know, so that was real, real, real. um, I mean, at that time in his life, it was a real eye opening for him. And he did this segment called Cold as Balls with uh, Kevin Hart, where they're sitting in the ice tubs and Kevin Hart was asking him questions. And you know, I'm not sure what question he asked, but he talked about when Lamar Odom had got hospitalized not too long ago. And when he got hospitalized, I didn't know that he had like six heart attacks and mm-hmm. 12 strokes. Yeah. And it really changed his life. He said, man, after that, that's what really changed a lot. He really became conscious of God. And that's when he said he started putting God first in his life. He really knew that the enemy was out to take his life. And that's what the enemy is out to do. So that's why we have to cultivate and mold our children to have them balanced. You can't just let them know that, you know, if you're successful in sports, then you don't have to do anything else. Exactly. There's nothing else that's important. If you if you get in the NBA and get the money and you get the money, then your life is set. Right. (laughs) That's that's a problem. Yeah, that's a problem because you get the money. What's going to happen? You'll get the money, but you won't know how to keep the money. Then all types of 
stuff is going to start coming into your life right and stripping you of your money because you're not grounded exactly and your spiritual life is not where it needs to be so we're pushing this issue that's why i love the the tony harris basketball academy because we're teaching and we're cultivating and we're molding the youth to be well-rounded individuals. It's, all, it's not all about basketball with me. This was just a gift that God gave me. But my true calling is to spread the gospel of, uh, of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And even with that, uh, I see a lot of basketball players retire or athletes retire. And they say, well, I'm going to go invest in XYZ company. I'm, I'm doing the investing thing. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're investing and you're not hearing from God, Who's leading your investing? You know, it's so many scams and Ponzi scams and things like that that are taking place. People are making, you know, the wrong decisions. They're making the wrong investments Mm -hmm. and it's coming back and it's costing them everything that they work hard for. Right. So, you know, hearing from God and being grounded Mm -hmm. and hearing from him early on and knowing, you know, this is the reason behind my success. And I mean, I got to take time out and pray about it. I got to hear from God, you know, right, right, and right. put that inside of your kids. Man, they won't get fooled by the enemy. Right, right. You right. know, separating right. the two, God's voice and the voice of the enemy. Because right. there's an enemy that speaks to you, too, and say, yeah, go ahead and, you know, that sounds good. Go ahead and do this and go ahead and do that. And they find themselves in a situation that they wish they could change. Right. That's 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 true. And so my wife is speaking you know, as far as for the parents, that you guys have to be in the word and you have to be spiritually inclined and hearing from God so you can help these children make the right decisions. Because once you're in line, okay, then it's going to fall on your child. But if you're not in line, don't be don't be expecting your child to be in line and for him or her to hear from God if you're not hearing from God. okay? because you set the example. We set the example as parents. In my case, you know, I was. I got robbed of my future because the person who was over my recruiting, he wasn't spiritually inclined. He wasn't listening to God. He was listening to the enemy. Okay, and that's the reason why I was put in a situation being at the University of Tennessee, being somewhere where I wasn't supposed to be. So God, God ordains every situation for each person, for each athlete with a brand. He has a special plan and a special place and a special route or route, however you want to say it, for each of us to go down. And we can get on the wrong route or the wrong route according to who's over us, helping us making our decisions. So I'm speaking to the parents, to the AAU coaches, to the high school coaches and whoever are over these young student athletes. We have to get in line. So this is a call for us. We have to get in line. The Fenway Sports Group president, Sam Kennedy, he said this about LeBron. LeBron has a track record of making smart, smart decisions and looking for opportunities. Now, I'm not saying LeBron is this spiritual or religious guy, but he has somebody in his circle that is hearing from God for him to link up with, which is his agent, Maverick Carter. And his longtime friend, maybe it's maybe it's Maverick Carter or maybe Maverick Carter is listening to somebody that is helping LeBron to seal these deals that is making him financially secure, that is making LeBron a global powerhouse while he's still active in the NBA today. So I don't know who it is, but I can tell you this Maverick Carter is definitely doing his job. I can tell you that. Right. So I don't know what, you know, 
type of guy Maverick Carter is as far as his spiritual life or his spiritual walk. But there's somebody seeking wise counsel. Somebody is seeking wise counsel. Somebody is seeking wise counsel. And you have to seek wise counsel, even at a young age. You have to seek wise counsel for your children, even in high school. As far as what school for your child to attend in college, which is going to be the biggest decision of their of their life at that point when they were in high school. That was the biggest decision of my life when I was at East High School, when I was sold out to go to the University of Tennessee, which was at the time a, pl a platoon system. What is a platoon system? A platoon system is a basketball team with multiple players at a specific position or positions to gain advantage on opponents. So basically they stacking the deck. A platoon system is where you got a whole lot of point guards. If you got a point guard that's highly touted or a young phenom, why would you send him into a situation where there are two or three point guards? Before I signed with the University of Tennessee, they had three point guards. Three point guards. Wow. But I'm just so... Glad that God blessed me with the gift, you know, that I went right in and I and I played and that I was talented enough to play because there was no way I should have went to a situation where there was three point guards. And now that I'm thinking about platoon system, when I think about it in the past and when I think about it currently, what comes to mind is University of Memphis is the Memphis Tigers. I look back last year. You know, about this time, they had Jeremiah Martin, which was a, the starting point guard last year. And then you have Alex Lomax, the two time Mr. Basketball at the state of Tennessee, who went to my alma mater, East High School. He signs with the University of Memphis. First, he committed, I think, to Wichita State or, or he signed one or the other. But anyway, they allowed him to get out of his commitment and he signed with the University of Memphis when Penny got the job. So then there was two point guards currently. Jeremiah Martin was entering his senior season and Alex Lomax was coming in as a freshman. Then you have Tyler Harris, the young phenom from from Cordova High School, who won Mr. Basketball his senior year. And now he's contemplating on his signing day on whether to sign with the University of Baylor or the University of Memphis. Now, at this time, Penny had the job and Alo, Alex Lomax was there and Jeremiah Martin. And the result, he ends up picking the University of Memphis, where they already had two point guards. And I'm saying this because so many people didn't understand the reason why. They were excited. You know, Memphis people that I'm speaking about, they were excited because he stayed home. Right, right. You know, which was good, you know, for the city, which was good for them. But some people were saying that they didn't know if that was good for him. It was good for the city, but they didn't know if it was good for him. Then on the other hand, you got Baylor, who he uh, who he turned down, was offering him 30, 30 minutes a game coming in as a freshman and not have to battle for playing time, you know, with Alex Lomax or Jeremiah Mark. But instead, you know, uh, the decision was made for him to go to, you know, to Memphis. And with that being said, my question is, can this system, when you're looking at this, can this system maximize my gift or can it stunt my gift? Right. Can it maximize? Can I blossom in this system or will it, will it stunt my growth? Right. Or will I not 
maximize my potential and my gift being in this situation. And now, you know, that I look back on it, you know, I feel like Tyler Harris should be starting as a freshman. He's good enough where he can start at a division one college, you know, as a, as a freshman and, and not to share any minutes, you know, not to share any minutes. And so when you put him at the two, he's a great shooter. Memphis needs him. Memphis need, don't get me wrong. Memphis need him because they need his, his shooting ability. And, you know, Memphis are some of the hardest critics and some of the hardest people to please because, you know, that's just who we are. We're Memphis uh, city. We're a basketball city. We're a basketball town. And so we love our schools. We love, we love the Memphis Grizzlies. We love the Memphis Tigers. And so when you're not doing so well, they're going to let you hear about it. And so I think Tyler went on a stretch since maybe right after the Tennessee game where he didn't really have too many good games after that, too many consistent games. We know he started off at, um, with a hot streak, and he started off hitting a few games with, with 20s uh, against Yale. He had the overtime game where he really played well. And I just feel like, you know, after – a while in December on that stretch from December to January when he wasn't having too many games, you know, some of the media, you know, kind of turned their, turned their backs on him. You know, Jeff Calkins did something uh, that kind of disturbed me and was like, Tyler Harris is only as good as his shot. Right. And so, well, you know, when he said that, I'm like, Jeff, Tyler Harris is not even playing his natural position. He's supposed to be at the point guard position. And you got him, he's 5'9", five, 5'8", five, and you got him playing at the two. And we all know who's seen Tyler Harris can play. He can do great things more than just shoot the basketball. Exactly. From the point guard position. So his college coach, Penny Hardaway, is putting him at the two. So that's sort of limiting him. Right. You know, as far as what he can do on the floor. If he's not making shots or if he's not getting stops on defense, then guess what? He got to come sit down. Yeah. You know, instead of being at the point guard position and maximizing his potential, teaching him how to come off ball screens, okay, teaching him what's a good shot and what's not a good shot, when to push the tempo, when to slow it down. But he can't really learn that at this at at this time, at this point in time as a freshman, which is the most important year. So he can really understand the game from that position. So he can thrive his sophomore, his junior year, and his senior year. But if he's not playing in the proper position, he's never going to maximize his gift and his talent, you know, at that position if he's sharing minutes in a platoon system. Wow. I'm learning, Coach Harris. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And one thing about it, you know, I know the game of basketball. And that's, you know, that's something that that we don't want to do. We don't want to put our child in a situation where it's minimizing their gift. We want to put a child in there in a, in a situation where it's maximizing their gift so they can really see, you know, and bring out and evolve their entire aspect of their game, their passing. You know, Tyler can, Tyler can get assists. He averaged six high school, I mean, six assists in high school. Right, right, right. You know, I can relate to this. When I was at the University of Tennessee, I came out on fire my freshman year. 24 points, eight assists, 23.7 assists. 24 points, five assists. I must have been getting off too good where they didn't want me to shine as much as I was shining so they can keep holding me back for my sophomore year, junior year, senior year. That makes sense. They wanted to minimize my gift. I never heard, 
I've never been in a situation where a coach told me, hey, Tony, man, you you shoot too much. Especially if I'm making them and my percentage is good. Not at ease. Not Coach Mosby. <laughs> exactly. Coach Mosby told him to shoot it. He used to sit back with his cowboy boots on, with his with his hair slicked to the back, with his shirt open uh, to maybe about midway and just let me go and do my thing. So, you know, that's what Coach Mosby did because he knew that he couldn't minimize my gift if he wanted to win. If he wanted to be one of the all-time winningest coaches, you know, in Shelby County history, he knew he had a Tony Harris and he had to let him go. That's why I feel like Tyler Harris should be at that point guard and he should be starting because he got so much to offer. You guys are really not seeing everything, you know, that this kid can do because he's not playing in the position that he's supposed to be in. He's at the he's at the two guard. And an inkling and in, in something in my mind is telling me maybe he's trying to be held back. And I'm just giving you the real. Maybe he's being held back. But I guarantee if you put him at that point guard and teach him. See, at the University of Baylor, where he wasn't going to be in a platoon system, he was going to come in as a freshman. From what I heard, they was going to give him 30 minutes. But he wasn't going to have to share those minutes with any other backup point guard. So you know what that's doing? He's getting game reps. He's getting experience and he's learning that position. I guarantee you, if he was at Baylor right now, he would probably average 18 to 20, probably about five or six assists. Because when you give him those minutes and you deal with him and you let him learn as he go, he's going to learn the game faster rather than getting in five or six minutes. Okay, sit. Come back in about two or three minutes. Okay, sit. You see what I'm saying? So that's the difference. Wow. Break it down. You know, with that platoon system. And that's why, you know, we have to we have to be very careful about, you know, where we're putting our child at what situations that that we're putting them in. And so it's very, 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 very important that we evaluate and look at the big picture, because if we don't look at the big picture and we look at right now, we can put our children, we can put these athletes in situations where they can't blossom to their full bloom of what God has meant for them to blossom. Like I said, I remember at Tennessee, I remember being told, you know, don't take this amount of shots. Don't, you know, don't do this. Don't do that. And I'm like, man, and so many people came to me like, you know, I I saw that. I saw that you weren't the same player. You know, I saw that it was times that you wanted to get loose, but you felt restricted. And anybody who knows basketball, anybody who's watching basketball, you can tell when something is going on. You know, you can tell. When, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. When 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 something is not right, so you always want to put that that child in a system where they can maximize their gift. Wow, that mm-hmm. was good. Well, I definitely learned a lot tonight uh, as your co-host about the <laughs> platoon system. Oh, yeah. So, man, that's amazing. Um, in the game of basketball or any sport, you have to really evaluate what situation you're putting your kids into because it can either make or break them. You know, it could take them down a path that can be highly successful or it could take them down a path that's frustrating. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, when I think about uh, someone who I watched play basketball who comes to mind, kind of reminds me of Tyler a little little bit is um, Trey Young. Trey Young, yeah. You know, I'm not sure what school he went to, and I kind of learned about him late in the NCAA uh, tournament. 
well, not late in the tournament, but just late in the season. But I realized whoever his coach was, they gave him the freedom to just do what he do. And, you know, he did it really well. And it took him to his uh, next level. And I think he only did one year in college, right? Yeah, one year in yeah, college. Yeah, he only did he one year in college. As a freshman. Yeah, and so, man, it's it's very important, the decisions that we make. And like you said, seeing the big picture mm-hmm. and, you know, making sure we're choos- choosing the correct schools, the correct, you know, systems. But, you know, also the correct upbringing, you know, which we talked about making sure that they're well-rounded players, well-rounded athletes, respectful, you know, just, I mean, overall, just bringing up some good, you know, respectable young men and young women. So I've learned a lot on this show. Mm -hmm. I think we went past our time tonight. (laughs) So it's all good. I didn't know. It got it got heated, so we went past our time. But uh, okay, I thank you guys for supporting me first and foremost. Um, support the podcast every Friday. I thank you guys for tuning in, and I thank you guys for always, you know, just just giving me your ear and allowing me to to do me, you know, on this platform. And I thank God, you know, for it for giving me the opportunity. Yeah, and it's been an amazing ride, and we announced earlier. That we are heading back home. God has <laughs> called us back to the city of Memphis. And oh yeah. We're looking forward to just being back home around family and friends and taking this ministry and taking this uh gospel and the platform that God has placed us on to new heights right there in our own city, Memphis, Tennessee. Yeah. Well, that's it. We're gonna conclude right there. I thank you guys for tuning in. Tune in with me same time, same day next week. We'll be right here on the Tony Harris Show ahead of the game. Thank you.